Hello and welcome to Love Signals. My name is Michaela McDonald and I will be your host as we go on a journey of exploring all the ways that love is sending signals to us and through us. Welcome back everybody. This is episode 44 and today I want to dive in right away and read you all a love letter. So this comes from December 29th of 2020 right close to the end of the year, which I've, I've always had a particular appreciation for the end of the year, the calendar year, uh, because I think partly because it's very close to halfway through um, each, each year of my life. And also because it just feels like such a potent time to reflect and, you know, the, the opportunity for new beginnings with a new year. So, and if you all are familiar with the podcast and with my story, December of 2020 was a really dynamic time for me because I had decided basically through this kind of divine inspiration of writing all these love letters for a year, or I was halfway through it, that it was time for me to move and to move away from a home and a town that felt so good and so nourishing to me, but I just felt this clear call that it was time for me to head west and have a new adventure out in California with my mom. And little did I know, I was going to meet the love of my life. <laughs> so um, so that that's um, kind of what this time was leading to. I didn't know what I would experience after I moved, but I was getting ready to move here in these days. So December 29th, 2020. Dear adventurous Michaela, when you breathe... You are breathing in my love. When you feel agitated or frustrated, you are breathing in my love. And it is moving through your body and expressing in unique ways. Agitation is a flavor, a color in the spectrum of love and life being expressed. Oh, what a joy it is to love you in all your colors and flavors. Thank you for feeling it all. I love this because I think that it's easy to, I don't know, to assume that when we're feeling agitated or frustrated that we're somehow cut off from love, that we're somehow not connected to it anymore. And in certain ways, I could argue that that's true. You know, when we're when we're at ease, it does feel like our hearts are the most open to love and all that goodness. And we're when we're stressed or frustrated or agitated, it can feel like we're a bit closed off. But there was something about framing it this way, and as I read it, I feel I feel the relief from it. Of what if? What if? Even when you're agitated or frustrated, you are breathing in love. What if this love that, that is flowing to you does not discriminate from the moments that you feel frustrated and the moments you feel neutral and the moments you feel really good? What if that love is filling you up and being breathed by you always? And there's something about that possibility, whether or not it's 100% true, but just the possibility of that, that starts to relax me in a certain way. I think 
there's certain times in my life where I felt like, oh no, if I don't feel good, then I'm cut off from love and God and all things that are good. And I have to, I have to feel good. I have to feel good right now. And I'd get really like self-aggressive with myself about not feeling bad and feeling good as soon as possible, as fast as possible. Uh, and I would basically create a lot of resistance to how I was actually feeling. And I would kind of fight, fight myself and how I was actually feeling versus relaxing and softening into it and, and getting curious about what the deeper feelings were maybe trying to communicate to me. And I think something that, that I love about this Love Letter Project and that I love about the journey that I've been on is that I feel like in so many little ways and little moments, I'm, I'm really learning that I don't have to rush through my process. I don't have to hurry up and feel better already. <laughs> um, and it doesn't mean that wallowing or, um, or like fixating and what is that? I'm like picturing like where it's like, like a downward spiral where you're just like, just, uh, just stuck, like stuck in it. I'm not saying that that's, that's what's necessary. There's still a way that what, what I'm talking about here is, is dynamic and it's healthy and it's, it's like you're really sequencing something through rather than getting stuck in avoiding it or suppressing it or numbing out to it or fixating on it and like, you know, just <laughs> being stuck in that way. Stuckness, I guess I realize as I say all this out loud, can have a lot of movement to it. <laughs> um, and so rather than thinking, oh, once I feel better, then I'll be connected to love or how I feel if I feel frustrated or not is a sign of if I'm connected to love or not. Rather than making love and love's presence in my life so conditional, it feels really cool to consider the possibility that love is here always. And from that place, I feel like I can take my time. If I'm frustrated, okay, I can be frustrated and I can let that play out. I know sometimes in my day-to-day -day life with work, with interpersonal things, I can get frustrated. Like, why is this so complicated? Why is the internet so slow? Why is this? Why is that? You know, whatever it might be. And I can notice how when I want to fix it as fast as possible, that's usually kind of my approach because I'm, I'm such a little problem solver. So when something's wrong, quote unquote wrong, I'll go to fix it as fast as possible. But sometimes the urgency that's kind of behind that can make it worse, actually. And I realize as time goes on that part of that feeling, part of that discomfort is actually because in that moment, I'm forgetting that love is here and that I'm really supported. And I've all of a sudden put all this pressure on myself, just little me, <laughs> little me, to fix it and, and, and figure it all out. And it's like, all of a sudden, I don't trust life. I don't trust love. I don't trust God. And I, and it's all on me and I have to figure it out. 
And it can feel so scary and it can feel overwhelming. And I think that's part of the discomfort that I can feel in it. It it kind of layers on top of itself, right? There might just be one thing that's snagging, like, why is this being this way? And then I might think, I need to fix it. And I don't know how I'm going to fix it. And well, maybe I need to do this and that and that and this and all these things. And it, it kind of snowballs. And, uh, I realize as time goes on that if I just take a moment, take a beat and say, wow, you know, what if I give this to God? What if I give this over to love? What if I ah, just remind myself that love is here, even, even as I'm frustrated, even as I'm worried, even as I'm stressed, even as I'm overwhelmed? What if I can remind myself that love is here, supporting the parts of me that are stressed, the parts of me that are overwhelmed? And what happens when I do that? It's not like, it's like 100% of the time I feel immediately better and like all the way better. But it is amazing to see how things shift when I ask that question or when I just take a moment to open up to, wow, you know what? There's something bigger than me that can support me through this. And And then on top of that, I think there is some way as I tune into that thing that's bigger than me, love, God, et cetera, there's a way it kind of zooms me out in other ways and helps remind me, oh, right, like this isn't the end of the world. I'm okay. I'm alive. Oh my gosh, I'm breathing. I'm well fed. I'm clothed. I'm a comfortable temperature. I'm whatever it might be. I have people who I can contact at the touch of a button who will be there for me and support me. I have my partner right here who will give me a hug and cheer me on if I really need support in that way too. So, oh, it's just amazing what happens when we take a moment to pause. And I do feel like in a way, this theme that we've been exploring over the last few episodes of presence, right? Um, presence to be in the moment, like, you know, in the choice, sorry, not presence to be in the moment, the choice to be in the moment, and then the choice to be present with ourselves, with our heart, in our life, with others, right? I talked a few episodes ago about this idea of co-counseling and being deeply present and loving of the people that we're listening to. And then last week I talked about being present with our inner child and this kind of inner spring that lives inside of each of us of our youth and so presence it does feel like there's something about pausing there's something about taking a moment that is so powerful and that's really what I think what letter writing love letter writing can be it can be a practice of taking a pause and we can take pauses in many other ways And those pauses can be short or long, right? Like meditation in a way is like an extended pause. And these moments, like when I remember the year of writing love letters, so often I would go, I would sit, I love to do it in the morning. So I'd go outside, maybe do a little walk, but maybe just go outside right away. You know, as early as possible, close to the dawn and sit somewhere At first, it was on the porch of the building that I lived at in uh, Boulder, Colorado. And then the second half of the year was, uh, 
you know, if I wasn't traveling that week, but second half of the year from, you know, January of 2021 to June of 2021, I was mostly out in my mom's yard, kind of tucked in with all the citrus trees and this beautiful um, kind of ornamental oleander type bush that's really cool. Um, And I would look out at the desert. And yes, I would write. Yes, I would write a love letter and I would journal a little as well. But what I realize as I reflect, especially today as I'm recording this, is I was taking time to pause in both places, no matter where I was in these moments where I was, in a way, it's like it's like the secret part of the love letter project that I'm discovering was me taking moments to pause. It reminds me of how in music sometimes the most beautiful parts are the pauses, are the moments of silence right before the next sound. I remember, I think in some music class I took, they talked about how music would be nothing without silence. Music requires silence to be beautiful, to to be anything. And so too with visual art, I remember I loved it in, um, in college in my drawing class. We spent a whole day, or honestly, maybe it was even a whole week. This is when I was at a college that was on the block system. Um, And so you spent an entire month just in one class for, I don't know, four or six hours a day. I honestly don't quite remember, but it was was quite a few hours a day. Um, And I was in a drawing class and it was so great. And we spent all this time just drawing the negative space. So we'd draw a tree and we'd just draw all the air and all the space between the branches. Or I remember in particular, I drew... Uh, a wooden chair that had those kind of wooden rungs on the back and just, you know, filling in the spaces that made up the, the empty space. And there was something so cool about really giving emphasis to the negative space, the places where there isn't anything. What happens when we just draw those? And it really makes you realize, wow, that negative space is doing a lot. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's making the thing that's defined be defined. You need the negative space to have the, is it positive space? I don't even know what that's called, technically. <laughs> but you know what I mean. So, and even with my words, right, as I speak to you all right now, you need the pauses to understand what I'm saying. If I ran it all together, if there weren't pauses, if there wasn't this kind of rhythm to it all that requires pause, it would be meaningless. And so this feels like such a cool discovery of the value of pause because to bring it back to those moments of journaling, this love letter project and process I was doing each day, it was so easy and so organic for me to spend time just pausing and breathing and looking out at the horizon, gazing at the sun, sometimes even just closing my eyes and feeling the air on my skin and just being slow and Letting my senses, my, you know, the sounds, the sights, the touch, the smell, all of it just wash over me. There was something about that that was so profound. And I kind of didn't realize it was happening while it was happening. And yes, then I would put pen to paper and I'd write out, you know, I love you so much, Michaela. (laughs) You're so great. I hope you have a great day or whatever the love letter was that day. But in a way, those moments of pause, 
that are laced inside of, you know, before, maybe in the middle, maybe right after I would write a letter. Those are the moments where I probably felt love's presence the most. And I felt like I was resting into it the most. And so perhaps the love letter project is an incomplete name when it comes to what that was that year because it, I wasn't just sitting down to write a letter. I was also sitting down and pausing and taking some time to connect with love and with just the, the beauty and, and the, the, the true gift of life all around me and letting myself just soak in that for a moment. Perhaps that was the most profound part of it. I, and perhaps the love letters are just little breadcrumbs I've left from myself that, that lead me back to that feeling, that remind me of that feeling. In a way, I think so often the art we make out of our experiences, whether it's the written word or music or something visual or even like a movement you know, piece, so often... It can't fully encapsulate the thing that, that inspired that piece of art, but it can remind us of it. It can point to it and it can stir up that feeling for us. In a way, it's like an anchor, which I've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, which is anchors are things that stir up deep associations for us and usually create a very strong emotional feeling. So examples I often give are, uh, like a smell, like the smell of, for me, it's like the, <laughs> the the dish soap that we used at the preschool I went to when I lived in Seattle as a kid. Like I, that smell gives me such a distinct feeling and like I can see the preschool all over again. It's amazing. Or um, I know for a lot of people, songs are really strong anchors. So when you hear a song and it reminds you of a really fun, like for me, it's like really fun school trips, class trips that I went on, like in the seventh grade, or um, other songs might remind me of past romantic partners and like tenderness about that. Or some songs might remind me of like a dear friend, or I know some songs remind me of certain places, like most of you two. And their music reminds me of going to Hawaii with my mom in the summers when I was a teenager. We went a handful of summers in a row and we just, oh, we just listen to U2 and we drive uh, on these beautiful winding roads throughout Hawaii, mostly on Kauai, also on Maui. And oh my gosh, I can just feel it now even just thinking about it. So anyway, anchors are these powerful associations and it could be food it could be song it could be um placing your hand over your heart that that has become an anchor that you associate with ah oh, feeling soothed feeling loved whatever it might be so in a way I, I think i'm realizing or i'm at least asking myself the question what if all these love letters are anchors that that remind me of the beautiful feeling that I'd get from those moments of pause and this kind of breathing, living meditation that I was practicing every day for a year. And furthermore, <laughs> what if 
these love letters are also not just an anchor for me, but what if there's a way that they anchor that feeling for others and they can wake up that feeling in others? Because I think also there's ways that we can like infuse a piece of art with a feeling and then we can basically share that feeling with others. I know I've gotten that feedback about the podcast from various listeners is that when they listen, it's like they feel just like like they're soaking in love. They're saturated by love. They feel the feeling of love being here. And here I am. I'm just rambling about it, right? I'm just talking about it. Uh, but I do think that as I share these love letters, as I, in a way, like, deeply embody the feeling that I've had from this whole experience, I'm able to share that with you all. I'm able to kind of, kind of (laughs) send out that signal to you all. And for at least some of you, it's, it's, you're picking it up. You're, you're feeling it in your own self. You're picking up what I'm laying down. (laughs) So this feels like such a fun discovery. And it really happened while I was recording this podcast today of the power of pause. What if that's this hidden, like invisible ink almost, you know, <laughs> reading between the lines? What if that is kind of the hidden secret ingredient of love letter writing? And, and therefore, what if that's one of the fastest ways to connect with this feeling that I'm talking about all the time of feeling love all around you, feeling love pressing up against the corners of your life, ready to saturate you. Because I I know not everybody loves journaling. I know also people might love journaling, but only want to do it once a week, right? I, I, and that's something that I've really explored a lot in the love signals book is how can people make this their own? How can people create their own, love signals project that maybe it's just exploring thought experiments or maybe it's you know writing little love letters but they're shorter or maybe it's that they voice record love letters for themselves and they listen back to them later i really like the idea of each of us getting to have our own unique way of relating to love signals and choosing to to cultivate a sense and awareness of all the signals, all the signs of love finding us. And so I'm starting to get real excited, <laughs> as I do, about what if pausing and simply letting life wash over you is one of the ways to do that, right? How simple is that? I will say, I find that it's easier to kind of feel that yumminess of life and that sense of love and goodness for me when I pause in a beautiful place. And for me, nature is like, that's, that's so beautiful. It's so consistently soothing and beautiful. Today, as an example, to illustrate this, I was feeling a little, I don't know, just kind of fried from the work day. It was a very technical, very like kind of confusing roundabout day of lots of detailed work. And I wasn't even done with the work day. (laughs) And after I ate lunch, I just went outside and I laid on this piece of pretend grass that I have out there that since it's the desert, if we're going to have grass, we're going to pretend. 
And I just, I laid on my belly and I felt the warm sun on me. And I just looked out at the, the sand and all the little, there's little cute weeds popping up everywhere with their tiny flowers and everything. And I just watched as these beautiful, shiny black ants were just doing their thing. They were walking back and forth across the sand. Some were carrying, looked like grains of sand. Some were just walking and, you know, they've got their little antenna and they're just, they're just doing their thing and they're moving and they're interacting with each other. And there's just something really soothing about that. And the warmth of the air and the sun felt so good. And some birds flew around overhead and there's just a sense of everything's okay. And that's like, what a simple setting, right? And, and ants, I, they're not a very glorified creature. Uh, but I really felt the deep goodness that was present in that moment. And it was so soothing. And I think my whole brain, my whole nervous system was like, oh. And even like laying down, that felt nice too. Like, like to really let myself know we are pausing. We are resting for a moment. There's no phone. There's no, no, we're not listening to anything. We're just, ah. And then I rolled over and closed my eyes for a bit too and rested like that for a moment. So it's really cool to me that, that this, this gift of pausing was really, I mean, it was really helpful for me today in particular. And I'm realizing that it's just a whole magical thing all on its own. <laughs> so, you know I love to invite you all to try things out for yourself. So, pausing, what what how can you pause more in your day-to-day life? And and what goes on when you pause? Because I know some people, you know, they pause and they find their minds really busy, right? This is why we get into contemplative practices that help us anchor our mind to maybe a a symbol or prayer or or something like that. Um, but I think it's just interesting to notice what goes on when you pause and just to see. And what helps you to be present when you pause. I think it's possible, and I will report back next week. I'm going to make a note, actually, for myself to do this. But I think it's possible that part of the fruitfulness of the pauses that I take is that there are some kind of underlying questions or um, thought experiments that go on for me when I pause. And that's probably because of this Love Signals project. Because I do think there's ways that I'm naturally thinking, wow, what if everything's okay? What if love is here and I could relax into it? What happens if I give any troubles, any anything, even the good, over to love, over to God? I feel relieved just asking that question. And so I think there are potentially some questions or thoughts or considerations that go on for me that perhaps I'm not fully consciously aware of that I will, I'll, I'll start to suss those out, suss those out for you all. Um, and I'll report back next week on what I discover. But Play with it for yourself. And and I guess I will leave you with the invitation. If pauses feel like, oh, they're just like a vacuum that just sucks all this, you know, busy-mindedness or worry or distraction into them, 
What happens when you just bring your attention to something simple like the rise and fall of your breath or the way that the air feels on your skin? This is where I think the body and the sensations that we experience through our bodies can be such a gift because it's always there and there's something kind of intrinsically neutral about it, right? We're not doing fancy philosophical poses or, or dances. It's just a simple observation of, wow, my lungs are filling up, my lungs are emptying, you know, and, and just noticing that rise and fall or it's just noticing, oh, wow, you know, the smoothness of these clothes against my skin or, oh, the breeze and the way it's blowing the hairs around my face, whatever it might be. If you need to find something to anchor to that just gives you a little more space to be present, let it be these sensations. Let it be your sensory experience. Try that out. And I will report back about any potent, yummy questions slash thought experiments that feel like they add some juice to these moments of pause. The last thing I want to say about this, about pauses that I totally thought about earlier as I was getting all excited about this is that to me, the thing that's really cool about a pause is that it's lit. It, it could be short and it can be long. And let me just say that again. It could be short. <laughs> it doesn't have to be really long. A pause can be two seconds right? It can just be that moment. And I, I think sometimes we, we underestimate the impact that just pausing can have on us, right? Just taking a breath. One of my dear friends, oh, it's just the sweetest thing when she does it because she's just, she's, I mean, she's just so great. Sometimes when I ask her a question, and sometimes it'll be like in the middle of a very happy, beautiful, lively conversation, as most of our conversations go, and sometimes I'll ask her a question and she'll be like, mm, I like that question. I'm going to just take a moment and she'll just put her hand, her little hand on her heart, over her heart, and she'll close her eyes and she'll just take a breath. And then she'll open her eyes and she'll answer. And it's just the most, I even feel like something happened there for me, just taking that pause here with you all. It's the most beautiful thing. And it's so simple. And it might seem kind of, you know, I know sometimes when I do it, I'm, I'm trying to get better at doing that when I'm in conversation with people. Sometimes it can feel a little uncomfortable for me. Like, oh my gosh, is it okay? Am I allowed to take a pause? But oh my gosh, it, it is. Not only is it okay, but there's, there's some magic that happens in that pause. And it makes me think about how much momentum can play into things. You know, so much of our lives, we're just, we're just rolling with the momentum, the momentum of our habits, the momentum of our moods, the momentum of whatever it is we're focusing on. And, and our lives, our, our physical environments can so often remind us of whatever it is we have momentum around. I know, gosh, this happens to me all the time with the internet because I love to open up basically as many tabs as my <laughs> computer can tolerate. And uh, 
And I could totally have moved on from something. I could feel totally complete with, you know, maybe I was shopping for something or reading up on some article. And then because that tab's still open and I go back to it, I'm like, oh, whoa. And then I go back down that rabbit hole. It's like the momentum is maintained, which sometimes is a gift because I did want to come back to it. But sometimes I was really okay to stop thinking about that very particular type of pant <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, so I think that part of the gift of pause and taking a pause is that it can help to interrupt momentum. And sometimes momentum can start to distract us from feeling fully empowered and feeling fully congruent and in integrity. And if we just pause, it's like, oh, so much love and so much integrity can come online. And I'm realizing a whole other layer to all this, I think, in my life interpersonally. I could probably say with pretty, pretty high levels of confidence that the times when I've, whether it's in friendship or romantic experiences, the times when I've... Mm, stepped outside of my integrity with, you know, the plans that we made or whatever it is, the food that I ate, whatever it might be. Those were usually when I felt like I was going really fast and there was a lot of momentum. And even if <laughs> there are certain friends I had in the past where we just talked really fast with each other and I found myself saying things and agreeing to things that, that didn't actually feel good in my heart. Like I'd feel little like moments of hurt in my heart. And I remember thinking about it later of like, man, I just start to go so fast with that friend because I, I just sync up with how fast they're going. And what if I slowed down? What if I, what if I could go a little slower next time I hang out with them? Let me try. I think if I'd been trying to practice pauses during those interactions, that could have really helped. And it's possible I even did. I don't fully remember. But I realized that, you know, momentum in a way it's easier to get out of integrity when there's momentum. Whereas when we practice a pause, it's kind of like bringing your energy all the way back to yourself, finding your center, right? People talk about that a lot. And I really do see that. It's like when you pause, if you're running and your body's at an angle and kind of your energy's ahead of you and you have to keep going so that you don't fall, right? You have to keep stepping so you don't fall. What happens when you slow down and you stop then your heart is right beneath your head and right above your feet. Like you're really, you're stacked. You're, you're there. You're in alignment. And in a way, it does feel like taking a pause allows us to do that and to then take the next step from a grounded place, from a place where all the parts of us are more on the same page. And to me, part of what that means is that my heart is open and in communication with this bigger sense of love that wants to guide and support me. So little did I know how juicy this would be. Here we are. This is Love Signals. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed this episode about taking a pause, taking a beat, taking a moment. And I'm just going to have us take a moment here together right here, right now.
I will leave you with our beloved phrase, there is so much love here for you. And I hope that you continue to feel it more and more every day in every way with every pause and every breath. May you be well. Take care until next time.